This is the Mac and Miles Show, only on 88.1 The Berg. Welcome back in. It is the Mac and Miles Show. He is Mac. I am Miles. We are broadcasting here from the heart of Central Washington University on the campus here in Ellensburg. Very snowy Ellensburg right now. Mac, how do you feel about the snow coming back? Hate it. I don't want to see it ever again. I'm over the snow. I'm not a big fan of the cold. I like warm weather. I'm a warm-blooded creature. Warm-blooded you know what I'm guy, saying? I get it. Like when I, when I hop in the shower in the morning, I t- hot water all the way, cranked up all the way. Need warmth. This you, cold you like, you like doesn't do shower. it for me. You like to burn a little bit in the shower. I, I get that. When I come out, I want to be looking like Larry the Lobster. I want to be red. I want my skin <laughs> be red. I tell you what, my skin was red riding my bike down here because of how cold it is outside. I can't take this cold. frostbite. I can't believe Ellensburg is really playing us right now and oh, everyone. Like, it just brings back flashbacks of the winter of two years ago. And I was looking at the weather, and it's not, the snow is not going to go away. I you mean, don't think so? The, well, have you looked at the weather? No, not For really. the upcoming week? Is it, you know, is it pretty much the same? Um, well, we're going to be in the upper 20s, and then at nighttime, it's dropping down all the way to 11 to 12 degrees. Oof. Well, I don't plan on being out at night, so. The freaks come out at night. Although, actually, so this I weekend, I will be. This weekend, I will be. I, you going to Dollar Beer? Oh, yeah. Oh, um, I see you Mac there. And actually, my birthday's on Saturday. Ooh, so you birthday! Know, you know I'll be out for that. You're gonna be out? Oh yeah. I'm gonna have to hit you up. I might right. have to come join you, buy okay. you a birthday drink. Hey, okay, I'm okay with that. Yes, okay sir. That. Nothing wrong Mac. with that. Might warm you up a little bit. Well, maybe a little bit. I want to switch to some actually some offbeat news. Something I heard today. Some, something that came across my feed. I want to get. I want to get your opinion on this. There is a uh, uh, representative in in the Oregon uh, government in like Southern Oregon. I want to say it was Klamath Falls. I think. Okay. It was is starting a petition to rename the Blazers. He wants to rename the Blazers the Oregon Trail Blazers. What are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, when your basketball team resides in a certain city, it is called that city plus a name. So let's say the Seattle Supersonics. They're Uh not the Washington Supersonics. You know, this is just like... Just some more whack stuff going on in the news that you see from time to time, just from like weirdo people. And you know, I'm not the big fan of that. It's the New York Knicks. It I, is. But they are in New York City. So yeah, you have yeah. New York, New York. You got the Miami Heat. I mean, you got now, the Seattle he Seahawks. He referenced a couple teams. He said Indiana. They're not the Indi- Indianapolis Pacers, they're the Indiana Pacers, Utah Jazz, and then don't forget Golden State down there, the Golden State Warriors. I, I see he, where he's coming from, and his big point that he's trying to get across too was Portland. The Blazer fandom does, is not constricted to just Portland. All of Oregon loves the Blazers, right? And so I understand where he's coming from, but for me, <laughs> I don't agree with it just because I, I personally think the Portland Trailblazers rolls off the tongue a lot better than the Oregon Trailblazers. Exactly. It's just all about and rolling off call, the tongue. At the and end of and the just day. imagine this for a second: the Salt Lake City Jazz. I was about to say no the Salt Lake City no Jazz. Way. Like what it would be the Bay Warriors, where the, the San Francisco the Oakland Warriors, Warriors, Oakland yeah. Warriors. I don't even know. Like the I guess Indianapolis I'm, papers. That, that wouldn't sound that much different, honestly. The Indianapolis Colts sounds good. Yeah, but the Indianapolis Pacers. I mean, uh, but, like, Salt Lake City Jazz. I I don't like that. Something like the Washington Sonics. Get out of here. Yeah, it just sounds whack. I don't. Uh. Uh-uh. This dude. I don't know what it, what's he. He might have been spending too much time the out California in the Oregon wilderness. Lakers? No. I think the dude just been spending too much time in the wilderness eating those poisonous <laughs> mushrooms that Oregon has so, in the woods. You think so? He's been hallucinating a little bit what too about much. The, what about the Oklahoma Thunder? I guess like kind of are the Oklahoma they kind City of already Thunder. are. They, you just put city in there, and that's about it. There you go. 
I mean, I I think that's weird. It doesn't sound good. The Oregon Trailblazers or the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, I personally just like Portland. You know what? They've been doing it that way for 48 seasons now. Why change it? Exactly. Why change it? If you if he really want, you know what? If he really wants to have his own basketball team, he should go and buy the Trailblazers. I mean, Paul Allen just passed away. RIP to the late great Paul Allen. Maybe he can try to get a bid in with a group and try to buy his way into the yeah, team I don't and he know can his do what he wants. financial situation, but I'm just going to guess he doesn't have the money for that. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate for him. I guess he's going to have to keep his opinion as an opinion, and the name's not going to change. Sucks for him. Anyway, Mac, that's just some offbeat thing I saw today, and I, I wanted to get your opinion on it. Let's get into the news. Trade season is upon us, Mac. The trade deadline, we're coming up on it in, is it, uh, it's on the 7th, I believe, right? It is on the 7th. It is on the 7th. We've seen two trades already in the association. One kind of more of a fringe trade for my beloved Blazers. The second one, that big blockbuster KP, Wes Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., that New York Dallas trade. We just want to I'm just going to touch real quick, Mac, if you want to interject your opinion on this Portland and uh Cleveland trade here. It wasn't huge. Portland sends out Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, Baldwin, two second round picks for Cleveland's Rodney Hood. You know, I love it. I love the trade for Portland Rodney Hood. Before he's he's another example, I hate to say it, of a player going to play with LeBron and his stock just diminishing throughout the league. I mean, this guy averaged about 16 points a game two seasons ago. This dude is a ball. He's a six seven. Com, I wouldn't even say he's a combo. He can play the shooting guard, small forward. He can guard one through four. Yeah. He's a great long lanky defender. He can shoot the three ball very well. He can just go out and get a bucket. And you know, this is really is a great trade for Portland. They finally got a three and D type player that they can play because I figure they're going to play him more at the small forward position. Yeah, I would think so. And you know, he just brings what Portland's really needed. He can he can play great perimeter defense or not great. He can play good perimeter defense, hit the three ball, long yeah. and lanky, six foot seven. Great addition for the Portland six, Trailblazers. Seven wing out of Duke right now, averaging twelve points a game on forty three percent shooting, two assists, and two rebounds. Not too shabby when you're. Playing. I'm kind of curious be- if he comes off the bench or if he starts for this team. I think he's. I think you start him. I, I think, think he's my unsung hero. Last week, Jake Lehman is playing too well right now to take him out of the starting lineup. He's been kind of. It's it's been a mix and match of Mo Harkless, Jake Lehman lately for the Blazers, and I, I don't know that Rodney Hood can. I, he might eventually break that starting lineup. I don't know if he does in the first like couple weeks though. He was on the verge of being a starter over in Utah before he got traded. Unfortunately, yeah, he and was part of that uh, Jay Crowder trade, wasn't he? Yes, he was, and yeah. you know he was. He was on his way to making some all right, decent NBA money. He's probably going to get a 50, 60, maybe $70 million contract, I would assume, with the way he was playing out in Utah before the Cleveland trade. And he is just, he's a definitely an above average player. He's an exciting young player in the league. And I could see him starting one day for Portland, maybe not right off the bat because he got so much momentum currently with the lineup that they have. So maybe in the future, you know, maybe definitely he'll be in the playoff rotation a lot. We'll have to wait and see. Mac, let's move on to this, uh, the big one, the New York-Dallas. we got the Unicorn going to Dallas along with Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and I believe that's it, right? I believe so. Wasn't Actually, I think Trey Burke was involved in that too. He was, but I think so he's Trey about to get Burke, bought out. Uh, and then New York gets Wes Matthews on an expiring deal, Dennis Smith Jr., a you know, young, young guy with potential at point guard, two future first, and an aging DeAndre Jordan. You know, I'm very curious – about this trade, honestly, because they're going to buy out Wes Matthews from what I've been reading today. So Wes Matthews is gone. DeAndre Jordan, I'm just going to assume he's going to 
probably leave after the season or he's going to get bought out as well. I think he still has a couple of years left on that contract. So got a couple of years. Yikes. Yeah. So he might be stranded in New York or force himself out of there. I'm excited to see what Dennis Smith does with his fresh start. I mean, rookie year averaged like 15, like five and three, somewhere in there. And he's, he's shown a lot of flashes of potential. A lot of, he's a gritty player. He's a good point guard. And I'm excited to see what he can do with the fresh start with the Knicks team and Dave Fitzdale. See what he can do with developing of Dennis Smith, and then on the other side of things, for Dallas here, yeah, Dallas and Dallas pairing Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis that is coming quickly becoming one of my favorite NBA duos. That's going to be double trouble out in Dallas. I am so excited to see it. I think Dallas still isn't going to crack crack the fourth seed in the West with these two. I think they're going to be a fifth or seventh seed in the West. However, you got two of the you got the two best European players in the NBA. Porzingis is 23, 22 years old. Doncic, as we all know, is 19 years old. They got their duo for the future. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be. They're already great young talents in the NBA. Dallas is going to be a fun team to watch. They always seem to get those good foreign overseas players. They really do. And I'm excited to see what Dirk does. See how he mentors Porzingis and really yeah, helps Porzingis's game you out. You mentioned that off air. Is Dirk maybe going to retire here? Maybe not after this year, but you know, soon to maybe go into that more coaching mentorship role for. KP, yeah, you know, yeah. How, like what Kevin Garnett did when he was on his like when he went back to the Timberwolves for like that season or whatever yeah, he did, yeah. and he really helped Carl Anthony Towns out and stuff, and like showed him a little, a little some some. I think that's what Dirk can do with Porzingis. It's a great, great trade for Dallas. Mark Cuban, I mean, you know he's pumped about it, and you know, maybe maybe tra- uh, show him that uh, famous D- Dirk fadeaway off the one foot. Hey, Porzingis, if he adds that to his game. Yeah, that's dangerous. And plus, he's taller than Dirk already. I mean, he's Porzingis, like seven, people three, forget he? that he's seven foot three. Yeah, that's crazy. And then, yeah, it's just a great trade for Dallas. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Porzingis, it already came out that he's not going to play this season due to his torn ACL suffered last season. He'll be back in the 2019-2020 season. That's going to be the big thing for me, Mac, is, is, you know, everyone talks about who won the trade. And if Porzingis, the unicorn, can be somewhat healthy the remainder of his career. Oh, he will. It's but he's Dallas young. all the way. Yeah, and then the addition but, of Courtney Lee as well is he's yeah. a very underrated. He's basically like a Wes Matthews for the most part. So they can do. They don't really lose out on getting rid of Wes Matthews, who obviously wasn't going to resign with the team at the end of the season. So they get Courtney Lee on the books, the same exact player as Wes Matthews. For the most part, maybe I think can't almost the same age too. Yeah, maybe he, I think Wes Matthews is probably the better they're shooter. They're essentially the same player. Yeah, literally, so they don't. Dallas really. It was rumored all season that Dennis Smith was going to get traded. They were looking to trade him. They finally got that off the books. They got their expiring Wes Matthews off. They got DeAndre Jordan's kind of overpaid contract off their books, and you know, just a great trade for Dallas all in all. And I'm excited to see what they can do once again. I hope KP can stay healthy. Because he's he's a one of a one of a kind player, absolutely. Oh, exactly. A true unicorn. Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. That is such an exciting duo. I words can't describe how excited I am to see these two play together. I mean, it's going to be such a fun time to watch Dallas basketball. Absolutely, it's going to be like yeah, like you just said, the future in Dallas is bright right now. Very bright. I mean, twenty-two and nineteen-year-olds is your two future cores. Yeah. I mean, wow. We're going to wow. talk some NBA All-Star selections. The, the final teams are set. Not, I mean, they, there hasn't been the draft yet, but both, both of the rosters from East and West are set. Stay with us. Welcome back into the pod. The All-Star rosters, Mac, are set. We have Giannis Antetokounmpo. I believe he was the leading vote-getter. LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, 
Joel Embiid, Paul George, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Kemba Walker, and the reserves, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bradley Beal, Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, Damian Lillard, my guy, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Dirk Nowitzki, Victor Oladipo, D'Angelo Russell, Ben Simmons, Clay Thompson, Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Vucevic, Dwayne Wade, and Russell Westbrook. And did you mention Dirk Nowitzki? Oh, he's up there. I you did, did yeah. mention him. Yeah. I was just making sure. You know, Mac, any of these any of these selections surprise you? I'm going to be real. None of these selections really surprised me. When we talked about the potential all-star teams like a couple of podcasts ago, basically all these guys were on my list of people. The the only one I didn't have on my list was Chris Middleton, but yet again, I'm really happy to see him. He, he was your unsung hero, the, your first ever unsung yeah, hero yeah. on the podcast. And, you know, he's definitely very deserving of it. The one guy that is kind of iffy for me is Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, the, for him to only average 23, I mean, 23 points per game in the NBA is pretty, is definitely really good. But uh, for 12 a, rebounds, though, that helps him. But a talent like Carl Anthony Towns, like, there's no excuse for why he's not averaging like 25 and 15. Like, look at Carl Anthony Towns is well, on the same now, level. Now that they shipped out Jimmy Butler, too. He's, he's going to have the ball in his hands even more. I'm, we're saying, but look at Joel Embiid. He's been with Jimmy Butler like the majority of the season. He's averaging 27.2 points per game, 13 and a half rebounds per game. Those numbers is where everyone imagined Carl Anthony Towns. That is a big man in the paint right I there. mean, look at that. That's big man stuff. That's that's grown man work by Joel Embiid. <laughs> and you look at Carl Anthony Towns, who's literally like looked at as pretty much the Joel Embiid of the West. And 22.8 points per game, 12.1 rebounds per game. That's a little boy work compared to what Joel Embiid is doing, especially for all the hype he had surrounding him. But yet right, again, right. his numbers definitely warrant an all-star selection. D'Angelo Russell. I believe he's the uh, he's, he's, a a, he's a replacement for Victor Oladipo. Yeah. I think that's pretty well deserved. He's, deserving. I mean, he's been good for the for Brooklyn. He this is year. definitely a candidate for most improved player of the year. We'll uh, get into yeah, that later agree. on in the pod. But other than that, this is Dwayne they and got Dirk. Money. You're, you're kind of giving them the victory lap one, you know, like the Kobe, like the Kobe 2016 All Star selection. Yeah, I love what Adam Silver did. If you guys aren't aware, he he opened up two additional slots. For the All Star Game, allowing Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, obviously two basketball legends, so they're going to be featured in the All Star Game as well. I mean, well deserving, both first ballot Hall of Famers, definitely, and it's going to be fun to see them at All Star Weekend playing in the big game. The big surprises for me, Mac. I mean, Ben Simmons, is, he's a good player, and he is getting better every single year, but I don't even know if he's the second best player on the Sixers. He's de- he's definitely the second best player in so? my opinion. I, I think, think Jimmy I think Butler and Jimmy is, are kind of neck and neck. I think Jimmy's the third the third wheel on the team. Honestly, I think it's Joel Embiid first option, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Jimmy, like when you look at what Jimmy Butler does on the court, he just sits there, has to have the ball in his hands, has to like create himself. He doesn't create for others. Well, he doesn't make everyone around him better. Where you look at Ben Simmons, he makes everyone around him better. He does he rebounds better than Jimmy Butler. Play, they probably play about the same. I mean, type he's of nearly had a triple double. That's pretty good. I mean, Joel Ben Simmons is averaging 17 points per game, 8.1 assists per game, and 9.4 rebounds per game. Where Jimmy Butler is averaging, I believe when I looked, it was 19 points, five rebounds, like three assists. Okay. So, and he's not shooting all that I great this season. From, yeah. And you know, Jimmy Butler's caused too much havoc. I mean, his his name is his name has been in the media for all the wrong reasons this season compared to Ben Simmons. 
the, he's been winning on and off the court. I mean, he's it's rumored he's dating Kendall Jenner. In my opinion, that's a win off the court. That's huh? that's a definitely a win off the court. <laughs> she's she's the best looking one out of all the Kardashians, in my okay. personal all opinion. Right, okay. So he's the other one on that surprised me though, Mac, was Carl Anthony Towns, and you just mentioned it, and I kind of feel the same way. I just think, oh, I don't know, it's tough. Yeah, I just, I just, he's, he's just. You and I have talked about it before. He just seemed kind of soft. He's just soft. He just, he's a regular season player, I guess. Like, he just, he puts up cute numbers. It's easy to do it in a regular season when the NBA is not really, when other players are really playing top notch defense. They're not going as hard as like they might. They may be going like 80, 80, 75 to eighty percent rather than a hundred percent like they do in the playoffs. Right. And you see what happens to Carl Anthony Towns in the playoffs. He was a no-show. He Houdini'd the playoffs last season. Mac, any snubs, in your opinion? You know, I think they got... This is probably the first All-Star game where I really agree with every single selection here. Like, yeah. every single selection. I'm so They got it all right. They literally hit it right in the sweet spot this All-Star game. There's no really snubs at all, in my opinion. You can make some arguments if you're, like, a super fan of a team and your guy, like... You'll see you're a Jazz fan. You might be kind of hurt that Rudy Gobert didn't get in over Carl Anthony Towns. But or even the Spider, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The Spider's been too inefficient, though. The too de- inefficient. NBA defenses are kind of uh, you know directing their you know, their stopping power at him, and he hasn't really adjusted, and you can see it this year. Yeah, you can definitely see it. And, then, you know, a lot of the young up-and-coming players haven't just made that turn in their career where they like, yep, I'm the man. You're gonna throw this defense at me. I still don't care. I'm still gonna yeah. do this and that. Yeah. And you know I this mean, is, this All Star game, they nailed it. They did. This is, they did. This is the, I this is as close to perfect that you can get. Some in my people opinion. in Dallas might argue that Lucas should have been in there, but I mean, like I told you a couple podcasts ago, I don't think rookies should be in the All Star game. Luca is playing in that uh, whatever it is, Mountain the Dew, Rising Star Mountain game, Dew, or whatever Rising Stars game or whatever, which is where he should be. Like I said, and yeah, and I'll just say I think I'm most happy in this All Star game. To see your un- your first ever unsung hero, Chris Middleton, get in. I mean, yeah, we've, that's we've well nothing but great things to say about him. And I think know, the second best player in Milwaukee. Easily the second best player in Milwaukee. He's a killer out there. I mean, just what he does. He's able to defend one through four, an elite three point shooter. He's just he's a beast on and off the court. And you know, he's never in, he's such an underrated player in the league. It's good to He'll see be people in line like for a nice pay raise here pretty soon. It's it's nice to see people that are as un- underrated as Chris Middleton is to really take that next step. And now that he's an all-star, yeah, you can't really say he's underrated anymore. He's finally paid his dues. Dick Oladipo is the earned. only one that's injured, right? Only one that's injured. So there was only the one replacement, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, D'Angelo Russell was the only replacement. And you could argue between it was between him or Jimmy Butler. And I think D'Angelo Russell, with what he's done with the Nets, able to yeah, lead that yeah. team to where they are currently. I also a great think thing. the NBA doesn't necessarily like to put three guys from the same team. Hey, we have. Clay I mean, you Thompson. got three Golden State Warriors. I I know that, but and you got two two Raptors. Yeah. But beyond that, they're all you know. Okay, you got two Thunder Thunder players as well. Yes, sir. You got one Boston guy this but, season. But beyond that, you know, there's not multiple All Stars from each team, which is nice. It's a fair. I think it's an even distribution. You know, aside from Golden State and and. Uh, well, know, this season, unlike and, a lot of other seasons past, about how the narrative has been, it's just been Golden State against everyone else. The talent level across the NBA is that is just getting higher and higher. Like we're seeing a lot of guys just like be great around the league instead of just on maybe the Miami Heat. Let's say, for instance, Miami Heat they had three All Stars. Like 
a lot of the great players used to be kind of like congregated or just like right. within like three or four teams. Now it's almost like almost every team has an all-star. Like let's count how many. There's 32 teams in the NBA. Let's see how many teams had an all-star. We got Milwaukee, LA, there's two, Golden State, three, Philadelphia, four, Charlotte, five, Toronto, six, Boston, seven, OKC, eight, Spurs, nine. Houston, nine, or ten. Houston, ten, DC, the Wizards, 11, New Orleans, 12, Detroit, 13, Nuggets, 14, India, Vic Oladipo wasn't hurt. What did I say? Is that 15 now? Or f- yeah, I think it's 15. Um, 16. Portland, 16. Nets, 17. 18, 19, 20. 20, yeah. So out of the 32 teams in the NBA, 20 teams have an all-star this season. Yeah, and I think that just speaks to the distribution, like I just mentioned. It's just the distribution of talent is so great this year in the NBA, and it's finally starting to – the NBA is at an all-time competitive high. I mean, people aren't worried about – it's just the Warriors against everyone else. But they're try- finally stepping up, <laughs> pulling themselves up by the bootstraps, right. and really trying to hit the Warriors back and really trying to knock them off. And Saddle it's just great up, to see. You know? I love it, yeah. Yeah, it's just great to see. It should be a good All-Star game. Oh, it's going to be a great All-Star game. This is the best All-Star how much, game. How much do you think these old, these, these old bucks play? Dirk, you know. Dirk and Dwayne. Well, look at Dirk's stats. 4.2 points nah, per I'm game. Not looking, I'm not worried about the stats. When they do the final lap, you know, they usually let him play a lot. I think Kobe ended up playing like 30 minutes in that All-Star game, his last one. I don't, like way too much, you know? You know, I could see them. They're going to take it one of two ways. They're either just going to be there just for the experience and be sitting on the bench, you think, you think cheering, just put them in like the first quarter and just pull them the rest of the game? Yeah, I think they're going to do something like that. They'd well, have you heard what Dwayne Wade minutes. said, too? He's, he said, I wouldn't pick me. <laughs> Hell no, that's good. That's good for D-Wade to say yeah, that. I mean, That's like, respect. That's respect. He's definitely washed He now, wants these young guys to get run. Yeah, like he's... He's like that grandpa now of the league, you know? He's just like the grandpa. He might come in for a couple minutes here, chip in, and then he's just going to cheer you on like he's your number one fan for the rest of the game. I think so. I kind of hope they don't play too much, honestly. Yeah. I want to see these guys again. We're get not up here for Dwayne and, Wade and Dirk Nowitzki. No, we're, we're here for the for the guys that want to shoot threes and alley oops and all that. Yeah. We're a here. little bit of defense in that fourth quarter. You know what? This I have a feeling this is going to be one of the best All Star games in recent memory since that, so. o, since that O2 game or O1 All Star game, which is considered like the best All Star game ever. I don't know if you've like read up about it or heard uh, about it. No. Oh, they actually like tried in that All Star game. It went into like a couple OTs and like. Dang. They like really tried. It was like a nah, legit NBA game. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, it was like considered like the greatest All Star game ever, and I think this one definitely has the potential with all the players out there to be one of the greatest All Star games out there. And Absolutely. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. It is February 17th, I believe. Does it say? Um, let's look up for the. As, 15th through the 17th okay, is All-Star so weekend. weekend, so the, it's going to be the 17th. On Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be the 17th. So it's on the 17th. I'm looking forward to it. Mac, I think you are too. Always looking Should forward to it. Should be a good one. Should be a great one. The All-Star game is always very exciting to watch. Oh, yeah. And Lots of talent looking forward to this floor. February 17th. Up next, we're talking about the best of the worst. we got to highlight some of those you know, teams in the dumpster down there. They need a little bit of love too. Stay with us. Welcome back in. We are in the studios of 88.1 The Berg in snowy central Washington. He's Mac. I'm Miles. We're going over some of the best performances from the worst teams in the league. Those teams in the bottom of the barrel, the dumpster down there. The pooper, as I like to call them. The pooper, as Mac said last week. We're talking Memphis, Phoenix, Chicago. Atlanta. Atlanta. Those teams down there. Yeah. Mac, who you got first? What is the best of the worst? The best of the worst. You ready for it, Miles? Uh, let's let's hear it. On last Wednesday, January 30th, 
the Chicago Bulls beat the seventh seed in the East, Miami Heat, 105 to 89. My man's Bobby Portis, 26 points, four rebounds, two assists, 10 of 17 shooting. You think those are, those are starter numbers right there? But guess oh, yeah. what? Came off, off the, the bench. bench for the game for wow. that game. Reserve came off the bench, 26 four and two, 10 of 17. Led the Bulls to an upset win over Miami, 105 to 89. So an easy victory for Chicago. As we all know, Chicago is a top three worst team in the entire NBA. And there's my best of the worst Bulls, Chicago Bulls, baby. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis. Bobby, I like it. I heard he has a good. You can ask Nikola Mirotic over in nice right New Orleans. Hook, he has a nice right hook. Yeah, yeah. Mac, my uh, best of the worst. John Collins for the Atlanta Hawks. We just mentioned the Hawks. They're you know kind of the, one of the worst teams in the league. They're young, you know. They're young. Anyway, John Collins and a win over Phoenix. Another one of the worst teams in the league. You know, just not a not a great game to watch there. Anyway, and a win over Phoenix, 118 to 112. John Collins, this guy, 35 points, 16 rebounds on 13 of 20 shooting. That's some work. That's slight work. That's that's some grown man work right uh-huh. there from the young guy. That guy. That's vet work. Uh huh. <laughs> that is a nice stat line. 35 and 16. He threw in a couple assists too. I didn't write down that, but whenever you get 30 points and 15 rebounds, that's a grown man game. Oh yeah, that's that's like some Dwight Howard numbers. That's some like high. That's, that's some, some Shaquille O'Neal numbers. numbers. Exactly. Okay? And I he's, mean, he's an all-star. Just John Collins, to me, he's an up-and-coming post player in the NBA. I mean, he's such an underrated player. He brings a lot of value to Atlanta. He's so springy, too. He can get not only that first that first jump you know, for a rebound, it's so fast, but then once he lands, he can get back up immediately. He's so athletic, and it's just like kind of weird. And he's super long, too. He's got, he has a lot of potential, and I hope he like taps into and maximizes his potential because if he maximizes it, we're going to see him. We're going to be talking about him in our all-star thoughts maybe in a couple of years here. Who knows? Absolutely. And he's, he's one of those guys, too. He's a little bit slighter of build. He's not necessarily your, like, big, beefy, low-post power forward. He's like that finesse player a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's, he's got he's a little thinner. He, he's a little quicker, like we mentioned, he's a little more agile. That's what but you want in today's modern NBA. Exactly. You don't want, like, Somebody a big, can bruising, the floor a little bit. Floor. Yeah. And, and it's not just going to do twin towers in the, in the paint. You know what I mean? You can't even do twin towers in you the really paint can't. anymore. You're, you'll uh, get exposed real quick. And if you do... One of those guys better be able to step out. You know what I mean? Better be yeah. able to step out. Because I mean, I mean, my Blazers will occasionally run Myers, Myers, Leonard, Zach Collins, two seven seven footers at the same oh, time. How does that work out for him? And it works out for him fine because both of them can shoot the three. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. works. So there one just kind of sits in the paint, the other kind of tracks around the perimeter, and uh, it works out for him just fine. Not too bad for no, your no, that, I mean, Blazers. I'm not saying the, Bla- the Blazers benching is better than the starters. That that's that's a uh, that's quite a you know reach, but you know they they handle themselves okay. They do well for themselves. That's why they're the they fourth really seed do. in the they West really right exactly. currently. I'm happy about it. They're playing uh, tomorrow night too. Who do they play? Oh shoot, um, it's Miami actually. Oh, they're playing the Heat. Yeah, they're playing the Heat. The Heat are coming up to Portland. Eric Spolstra going back to his home. Well, I will say, the Heat are going to be traveling into a nice cold. I'm assuming it's probably going to snow in de- over in Portland as well. I don't know, they don't get a lot of snow over in Portland. You know, I have a homie that lives in Vancouver. He says it snowed down there last night. Last night, huh? Yeah. So yeah, was, for whatever reason, though, Portland doesn't get as I don't. I think it's because it's lower elevation. Who knows? We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. But if it, you know, it's gonna be cold, and those Miami boys, I'm sure, are allergic to that cold. They're used to, like this, this oh, time. They haven't seen snow down there, and I don't think they've ever seen snow. It in is snowing in Portland in right now. You're right. 
Oh, they're 33. not, they're not going to have a good time. I think I think they're going to get blown out. I think, I think they. So. I mean, think about it. In, oh, I tell you what. In too. Miami, it's like 80 degrees, 70 upper 70s every day this yeah, time of true. year. That's true. I know they're coming to Arctic temperatures in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, lucky for us, we're kind of on the just on the outside of that polar vortex going on in the Midwest right now. Oh, thank so we're God. still seeing the snow here, and obviously Vancouver, Portland, it is too, but. We're not seeing these negative 50-degree wind chill temperatures, which, you know, blessed, blessed right here. To just have some snow and have it be 30 degrees. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about what would happen to me mentally, physically, and spiritually. You can barely handle handle the snow with 32 degrees. Uh Uh-uh. I don't even know. I don't even want to know what happened. I don't want to think about it. The coldest I've seen it here was actually my first quarter here. It was January 2017. Oh, yeah, and, a crappy uh, summer or two years or winter. Winter, two yeah. Years ago. Anyway, I walked to the library late well, late one night because I had to print something at like 11 p.m. Yeah. It was negative two degrees. Oh, I have, here, I'll show you the Snapchat I have on my phone. I just sent it to my it, home. Negative two, though. That was seriously the coldest environment or climate I'd ever been in in my whole life. It got colder than that. Look at this. Look at this picture right here. Negative four, negative yeah. Four, and that's when I was in my dorm, yeah. too. So, and Over you know, the heating at nighttime, in the dorm is okay. Is it? <laughs> Yeah, it was okay, pretty good. It's cranking, all right. They don't have air conditioning in the dorm, so but, come springtime, you were, it was a different story. You're you were sweating, melting. But, yeah. There was a couple times you had to throw our sheets. Me and my roommate had to throw our sheets into the into the dorm freezer and just freeze them. Really? And, yeah. <laughs> I got, it would be too hot. We went from freezing cold yeah. to too hot because you know, like, that spring after that winter, it was like 80 degrees from like April. It was very warm. I it remember It was like that. 80 from that. like April all the way to June. Like, it was oh, so man. hot. Yeah, was, I, I do remember that. Like, late April, it started getting, like, 75, 80 every day. Every day. Like, it would be, like, it would be like 8 o'clock. You're waking up for your 9 a.m. It's already, like, upper 60s. And you're like, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> lit. Like, shorts and T-shirt weather. Oh, oh nothing yeah. better. Oh, yeah. It just, it just, literally, that spring quarter made you forget all about that previous winter quarter. Like, oh, yeah. as crazy as it is, is to say you forgetting about negative temperatures. It was so hot that it made you forget about those negative temperatures. You're like, Ellensburg isn't that such was, a cold, place. Like I said, Nick, that was the first time I'd ever been in negative temperatures. I'd never been in temperatures that cold, and I hope I don't have to ever again. Oh, I hope I don't have to. I, I know you remember when your snot would, like, freeze up in your nose, and the right. second you went into class, it would just all defrost, and you just have such a runny nose. You know what's crazy to me, too? Uh, I think it was... Uh, the high was, I want to say five during the day that day. Yeah. And I was, I felt colder when it was five degrees than when it was negative two. That is I insane. think when it got below zero, I just became so numb. I couldn't really feel how cold I was anymore. <laughs> yeah. So when I was, when it was five degrees, I was like, man, it's cold out here. And then, but then negative two, I'm like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. <laughs> and then you had like those rare days where it'd be like 20 degrees for like a day or two. And right. it would feel like it was 80. Yeah. And then you drive to the West side and then you like, I was being like Double layers, just so I'm wearing now like a North Face and a hoodie. Yeah, and I'd have to take, I'd have to take my North Face off, my hoodie off as I'm driving to the West Side, and then take my shirt off because it was 50 degrees. To me, it was like 100 degrees at the time. It yeah, was like that's quite the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's get back. We got back we, to who? We told you our best of the worst. We had the Bulls over the Heat, Bobby Portis, and then who'd you have, Miles? John Collins. John Collins of the Hawks. 15 rebound game. Who do you have that against? Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns, the lowly, <laughs> the lowly Suns. Phoenix Suns. I'm the sure sun that was has not been rising over there. In I'm Phoenix. sure that game had a lot of great, had a lot of viewers to hey, you're it. You're a fan of D Book. You like him. I mean, I'm not going to watch the Suns no, and the Atlanta Hawks either. play. Unless anyways, you got some pass or something. anyways, guys, we have a very exciting segment coming up. We got the mid-season NBA awards. Stick with us. Welcome back into the pod. 
earlier on the show, a couple a couple episodes ago, right when we started this up, we did some mid-season awards because we were around the we 25. We did the quarter season. Qu- sorry, not mid-season, but quarter season awards. We were around the 22 to 25 game mark. Mac, I don't know that many of these picks have really changed, but now teams are a little bit beyond the halfway point. A lot of teams only have about 30 games left. We're coming up on the All-Star break. We're doing mid-season awards right now. Mac, let's start with Defensive Player of the Year. Who you got? All right. For Defensive Player of the Year, I got my man. He's on my squad. I know who you're going with. Paul George. And uh-huh. on the before I get into everything, I just want to announce, I said he has the possibility on the last podcast of being the, the first player since Michael Jordan to win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same year. However, I was wrong. The last person to win Defensive Player of the Year and MVP in the same year was actually Hakeem Olajuwon in 1993 and 1994 season. Dang. That's the year he won it. So Hakeem Olajuwon was the last person to do it, the late great, probably the best center to ever play the game, in my opinion. Oh, I yeah. love Hakeem Olajuwon. So anyway, getting on to it, Paul George, Defensive Player of the Year, leads the league, or I guess you could say he's tied with the league lead, or the lead league. I don't know. Tongue twister right there, you guys. And steals per game. He averages 2.3 steals per game. That's best. That's tied for first in the NBA. And then three. So I went back and looked at the top three players he's played against in like the past like two weeks. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo, as we all know. He's a MVP candidate. Jimmy Butler, who you could argue he's a snub. He's a definitely... An all-star player. A capable scorer. He's a great that. player. And then Jason Tatum, an up-and-coming future of the NBA. Yeah. Giannis shot 8 of 22 shooting. Okay, not which, great, but decent. Which it, like, what, what percentage is that? It was like upper 30s? Let's do uh, it's like around 40, I think. 8 divided by 22. It's 36% shooting. Okay. Had 27 points. Okay. Jimmy Butler, 5 of 18 shooting. It's 18 points. Jason Tatum... And the game yesterday against Celtics OKC, one, by the way. I did. I watched the whole did game, yeah. and Russell one. Westbrook literally threw the game away. Threw the game the end, away. But... Literally, I mean, he was so out of control. He went. Oh, yeah. He reverted right back to old Kevin Durant, Russell, yeah, Westbrook thing, and just blew the game. But anyway, Jason Tatum, four of eight shooting, only eleven points. Okay. So. The past three play- star players are definitely like future star players. I guess Jason Tatum's only future star player here. All did not shoot. I mean, Jimmy Butler shot below 35%, or 33%, actually. 5 of 15 is 33%. So he shot like 28%, Jimmy Butler. Giannis shot 36%. Yeah, the highest there, Tatum at 50. At 4 of 8 shooting, shot yeah. the least amount I mean, of shots, only 11 too. Points, but still, I mean, 50% shooting, if he took more, I'm sure he wouldn't probably have made as many. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. But anyway, Paul George, Defensive Player of the Year, he's had the... Anyone who guards him, it doesn't matter if it's Giannis, who is second in the MVP race right now behind James Harden, 8-22. Jimmy Butler, 5-18. I mean, he's just had the he's had the NBA on clamps lately. I, and like, I like that pick, Max. I'm going to go a different direction. I'm going to go with the uh, the big man out of Utah, Rudy Gobert. And and for this reason, only 0.7 steals a game. It's not, not great, right? That's a big man. It's like That's a big man. He plays steals. more in the paint. You know, he's not on the perimeter. You get more steals on the perimeter. But get this, though. 2.2 blocks a game. Not too and shabby. He's, and he's doing more. Even though he's not getting more blocks, he's affecting shots in the paint. And that's a very underrated thing. Like, he really he alters a lot of shots. And even, like, he yeah. forces people to pass out their, like, their layups and get, or get floaters. This. Rudy Gobert allows 54% shooting at the rim within six feet. You know what the league average is? What's the league average? 62%. 
He he allows eight percent less of those shots to go in over the league average. It's not That's too shabby. Big. And that goes that goes back to what we just said. Even if he's not blocking the shot, he's affecting it. And that's all that matters. I mean, he really alters shots, affects shots, and makes people miss at the rim. And he he was last year's Defensive Player of the Year, I'm pretty sure, wasn't he? I believe he? he was, yeah. Yeah, so we have that. So Rudy Gobert is your Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, yeah. All right, Miles, I think you he and me— He anchors that Jazz defense. I think you and me for these awards are going to agree on two things. And here's the first one. Rookie of the Year— Is far and away Luka Doncic. It's— Luka Doncic, hands we, down. We said this at quarter season, and it hasn't changed. The guy's just gotten changed. better. Gotten better. When we at quarter season awards, he wasn't even averaging twenty points per game. Uh-uh. Currently, he's averaging twenty point seven points per game, seven rebounds per game, five point four assists per game, shooting forty three and a half percent, thirty from the field, thirty five percent from three, seventy three percent from the free throw line. He's the seventh player to reach a thousand points before turning twenty years old. And get this, Miles. Three players in NBA history have averaged 20 points per game as teenagers in the rookie season. You know who those teenagers who were they? when they averaged 20 points per game? Yeah. Kip. Carmelo Anthony, uh-huh. LeBron James, and, Luka and Kevin Durant. Oh, okay. okay. Kevin Luka Doncic is looking to become number four. Number four, okay. And then also, if we look at rookies who have averaged um, like 15, 5, and 5, it was it's Tyreek Evans. Really? Oscar Evans. Robertson. Yeah, Tyreek Evans had a crazy rookie season. He, he did. I forgot year. about that. Yeah. You had Oscar Robertson, Tyreek Evans, LeBron James. There's another one. I can't. Oh, I'm brain farting right now. Anyways, he's like going to be like the, like the he's fifth. He's among the best. Is what yeah, he's going to be like, at. yeah, he's going to be like one of the, yeah. like the fifth or sixth rookie to average 15, five and five. And then, but Mac, beyond the stats, we've seen this guy take over games in the fourth quarter. Take big over shot games. after big shot after big shot. Go right at like MVP candidates like James Harden. Exactly. He's a, he's not scared. He doesn't no back problem. down from anyone. And you know he doesn't. his game. He's just so in control out there. Like it's just so weird. Like a lot of players, a lot of time when you watch them, they're like for LeBron James, for example, he's bigger, faster, and stronger than anyone else in his way, right? right. And he's just like, and he uses that all to his advantage. Luka Doncic just plays like within the game almost. Like he's he plays with the speed of the game. But yeah, he's just so effective within that like speed of the game. It's just so it's kind of he's so natural, kind of like Paul George. You know, Paul George just flows with the game. Mm-hmm. It's exactly Luka Doncic does exactly that. Only as a 19 year old kid, he's not so even, fun to watch. He doesn't turn 20 until February 27th. Dang, I believe. Dang. So, yeah, and he's 19 currently I mean, and like doing that. Like we said just a couple segments ago, the future is bright in Dallas, and he is so much fun to watch. Mac, what are we moving on to next? We got six man. Okay, who you got for six man? Six man of the year. This man has been through a roller coaster of a career, as we all know. Derrick Rose, for youngest MVP in NBA history. How many times he blew? He blew out his knee in like three, three like times. three consecutive seasons, almost, almost out of the league. Signed on a veteran minimum to Cleveland last season. Gets traded at the trade deadline. The Utah Jazz wave him. Don't even want him. Cut him. He. Fa- Finds finds himself in Minnesota, this season, the redemption season for Derrick Rose. Eighteen point three points per game, two point eight rebounds per game, four point seven assists per game. And get this, they say Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose has never been a great shooter. It's no. always been out there. He's always get this, been attack the paint, kind of rim, get to the rim, kind of guy. Forty seven point eight percent field goal percentage. That's pretty good. Forty one percent from three. That's killer. That's unheard of from Der- from Derrick Rose. It was. And then 85% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He had that 50-point game plus the game winner earlier on the season, which 
when they do the NBA awards come June after the finals, it's going to be performance of the season, hands down. He's battled through so much. I mean, from being almost out of the league to having that um like weird like rape scandal thing that he ended up beating. Thank God, because now we have Derrick Rose. Thank God. It's unfortunate. But, you know, we beat that, overcame that. Three blown out knees. He's been such a spark off the bench for the Timberwolves, a bright spot, and which has been a dim season for Timberwolves fan. On a veteran minimum salary, and players that are on veteran minimum salaries are not supposed to perform. As I said, he was waived by the Jazz last season. They didn't even want him. And now he's out here. Six, Six man, man of the year, year candidate, yeah. and now he's about to get paid like he deserves. So. Mac, I like that pick, and uh, he's very deserving of that award, but I don't think he deserved an all-star like a lot of people had No, definitely him to is be. not an all-star. Not an all-star, but definitely six man of the year. I have to agree with you on that pick. Yep, I think Derrick Rose. I mean, it's just so nice to see Derrick Rose bounce back and actually become above an above-average player, an impact Absolutely. player once yeah. again. Off the bench, and, you too. Know, Exactly. Playing solid minutes for the Wolves. He is the biggest what if since like Tracy McGrady, Penny, Penny Hardaway. This man was on his way to becoming a Hall of Fame player. Yeah. And just sad that injuries derailed his career. Absolutely. And, and Mac, yeah. the next one, most improved player, we actually agree on as well. Another. He's the kid out of Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron baby. Fox. So much fun to watch. All right. His rookie season, you guys. His rookie season. So most improved player is the player that improved most from last season to this season. De'Aaron Fox, his rookie season, 11.6 points per game, 2.8 rebounds per game, 4.4 assists per game, shot 41% from the field, 31% from three, and 72.3% from the free throw line. Miles, tell him what he's averaging this season. Right now he's at 17.5 points, 46% from the field, 3.7 rebounds, and 7.2 assists. And let's talk about the... The three-point percentage up 5%, 36.4% from the three-point line, 73% free throw. Yeah. And just improves every ki- facet of his game. And the Kings are actually above 500 currently as we speak. They're, they're like hunting, one game over They're hunting five. for a playoff spot. They're in the ninth seed. I believe they're in the ninth seed currently, and they are right neck and neck with the Clippers, the Lakers, for that eighth seed currently. And De'Aaron Fox has been a major part of that future star in this league one of the fastest players in the NBA. Such an exciting young player to watch. I mean, Absolutely. he gets up and down the floor in the blink of an eye. Pace and space so quick. And he, he pushes that pace so well for them. And then he kicks it up to shooters like Buddy Heald. I mean, the Kings are such an exciting young team. And Bogdan everyone, Bogdanovich. Everyone last shooter. year when they traded Boogie Cousins, or was it two seasons ago when they traded Boogie Cousins, laughed at the Kings, laughed at Vladi Divac, and now the plan is forming. And... I mean, I'm not saying they're going to compete it's for coming like a together. championship anytime soon, but this team will be them, and like Dallas will be very good here in a couple of years. Very good, from worst to first out there <laughs> for Sacramento potentially in the coming potentially. years. Potentially, Mac. Let's close it out with the MVP. Who you do? Who do you have right now? My MVP. I've said it a couple times already on the pod. James Harden. I mean, what else okay. can be said about right. James Harden? Thirty-six point three points per game, six point eight rebounds per game, eight point one assists per game. Shooting 44%, 37% from three, 87% from the free throw line, 26 straight games of 30-plus points. This run has been largely without CP3 and Capella, however, but when they were out, I mean, the, the Rockets were looking like they weren't even going to make the playoffs or be a yeah, very low seed. Yeah, they were pretty bad there early on. Now they're the—I believe they're the fifth or sixth seed in the they're West. Six, they're yeah. like— 28 and 20, 29 and 20, Definitely somewhere turn their in season there. around. And turn their in season around. In large part due to Harden. The last person to average 35 
plus points per game in a season was Kobe Bryant in 2005, 2006. And before that, Michael Jordan averaged 37 points per game in the 1986, 1987 season. So in the past 32 years of the NBA basketball, only two other players have averaged 35 or more points per game. And James Harden is on pace to be the third player in 30 years. So this is a once in every 10 year thing yeah, we are witnessing that's people. That's incredible, yeah. James Harden MVP. You heard it here. I'm going to go over to the East, even though the East is the least. <laughs> it's still Giannis, in my opinion. James Harden, I mean, I don't want to discredit him. He's doing some great things over there. The West is a grind. We all know that. But to me, the biggest thing that differentiates them is the fact that the Rockets are only like the sixth seed. They're not even in the top four right now. And I understand the West is a lot tougher, but Giannis has led the Bucks to the number one seed in the East. Now, they still got the Raptors kind of nipping at their heels. Like half a game back. Yeah, half a game back or so, but... Giannis averaging 27 points, 13 rebounds, and 6 assists on 57% shooting. Now, he obviously shoots a lot closer to the rim than Harden does. A uh, lot Harden, Harden bombs from three. Everyone knows that. Yeah. But I give credit to Giannis. He actually has improved his three-point shot. He doesn't take nearly as many or make nearly as many, but he has gotten better at that. Takes a lot more shots closer into the rim, a lot of mid-range. 57%, though, is still impressive. doesn't matter where you're shooting it from, right? Doesn't matter as long as they're going in. Anyway, Milwaukee, 38 and 13, first in the East. And and to me, that's the biggest differentiating factor. I, I, not just the East. Don't they have the best um, record in the, all of the NBA currently? I mean, yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah. Who else is 38? Uh, maybe the Nuggets are up there. But the Nuggets have, I know they have 15 losses when I just checked yeah. on Monday. They're like. Still, 38 and 13, that's, that's no joke. And even if it's in the East, especially when you have the, the Raptors at 38 and I think it's 14. Okay. And then you have Boston over there at 34 and 15 or so. Boston are not is much further to behind. They're third. 33 and like 20 right now, I want to say. 33 and 19, somewhere in there. My point is is that Giannis has led this Bucks team to the one seed in the East, even if it is the East, and Harden has the Rockets in the playoffs. I mean, that's great. That's but cute. But down, down at the 5-6, if Harden, to me, if Harden had the Rockets up at 2, 3, even 1, he's your MVP again. I mean, that's it's just hard, but CP3's been out. For like, I would argue like at least half the season, Capella's out for six to eight weeks, and we're only in like the what like the second or third week without Capella. Mm-hmm. And those are big. Those are big players. I mean, Capella just got that like four year, hundred million dollar deal, five year, hundred million dollar deal. CP three got the four year, something big deal as well. And they've their two other best players have been out for have missed large portions portions of the season. Mm-hmm. And for Harden to do what he's doing. Especially in the ultra competitive West, for them to even like be in the consideration right now. Yeah, I mean, now he has truly a, put them on his back. That's for sure. I mean, you look at a lot of teams if they lose like one player, they're going into what I call the pooper. <laughs> so, like, imagine if Charlotte lost Kemba yeah, Walker. I mean, I mean, Charlotte's not very good. They're not anyway, very so. good. Imagine if the Raptors lost Kawhi. Yeah, but I guess, uh, I guess CP3 and Capella are not on that level. But if Boston lost like Al Horford. Jalen Brown. I mean, take a guy like Dame off the Blazers. They're not playing very well then. Exactly. It's just hard to hard to look at. But it is. It is. We can and agree to you, disagree. You take a guy like it's LeBron n- off the Lakers. You how you see how they're playing? Awful. Yeah. God awful. They're not playing awful, but they're not playing well. Okay. They're playing hard at least. Yeah, at least they're, they're playing hard. At least you, they're you trying. Can give credit there. Yeah. At least they're well, putting Max, in some effort. There's a lot of season left. We will have to revisit these later on. Obviously. For our and, picks, uh, we'll we'll come back at the start of the postseason and we'll give you guys yeah. our picks for the NBA awards, you guys. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of season left. But uh, to wrap up the show, we're going to do some picks 
against the spread, the underdogs, the picks of the litter. Stay with us. Welcome back in. To close out the pod today, Mac and I are going to go over some of our picks against the spread, picks for the underdogs, picks against the litter. You heard the intro music. You know what's going on here. Mac, how did you fare last week? I finally got the monkey off my back. Got the answer and out I of your pants. finally huh? won a pick of the litter. Finally. <laughs> I, the Wizards did me good and beat the Pacers as I predicted. Mm-hmm. 107 to 89. However, the Nuggets, once again, I choose the Timberwolves to beat someone, and once again, they and lose in a heartbreaker. They come back to bite you. They lose in a heart. Every time they lose in like a two point game, a game, like a, they just can't win close games, apparently. The Nuggets beat the Timberwolves, who I picked to beat, who I, I picked the Wolves to beat the Nuggets. However, the Nuggets win 107 to 106. I'm 1 and 7 on the year for picks of the litter. Huh? And that hurts me dearly. Yeah, I mean, at least you got the first one. That's all that matters. That's con- the biggest mountain right Winds there. Winds are contagious, aren't they? I think so. So last week, I actually went 2-0 and after dropping two the week before. But uh, I chose Sacramento to go into Philly. Or sorry, Philly to go in, into Sacramento and lose, and they did that. And then I chose uh, Denver to go into Minneapolis and win that one. They obviously also won that one. Uh, Mac, who you got for this week, though? Let's get some new picks. This week, all right. I got a game that's actually happening later tonight. Tonight. Whatever today is, Monday, <laughs> February 4th, the Kings over the Spurs in Sacktown. And then tomorrow night on the 5th, Tuesday the 5th, I got the Grizzlies over the Timberwolves. I'm done picking the Timberwolves. They're getting beat by Memphis. Yeah, they've I think hurt you too many times. I, that gritty Memphis team is going to be too much for that young, pretty boy Timberwolves team. Okay. Timberwolves are going to have to go into Memphis, and I think the Grizzlies are going to defend home court. And they're gonna. I'm gonna go two and zero this week and picks the litter. And I'm gonna be three and seven on the. I air. hope you do, Mac. I hope you. I hope you start getting more picks. You know. Let's hope so. I want this to be an even, a more even match. You yeah. Know? Right now, it hasn't very. Be, it hasn't, hasn't been a competitive series that we expected. We talked it to be. so much about how much we love Dallas and how how we don't love Dallas, but how bright their future is. But as of right now, I'm I'm actually gonna go against Dallas. I think Charlotte Hornets with their All Star Kimba Walker are gonna go into Dallas and win that game on February sixth. That's going to be a good game, actually. Charlotte's 7-3 and three in their last 10, and 7-11 and 11 against the West, which isn't great, but that's a lot better than most Eastern teams fare against the Especially West. Especially with a team that has the roster like Charlotte, how it's just Kemba Walker and everyone else. And get this, too. This, this, this seems like a toss-up to me, but I just feel like Charlotte's going to come out on this one. Charlotte averages 110 points on the road this season. That's good. You know good. what Dallas averages at home? 111. Okay. So <laughs> it'll be a toss-up, but I think ultimately Charlotte comes through in this one. And then my second one, on February 9th, my birthday, Ooh. Saturday, I I am picking the San Antonio Spurs to go into Utah and win this one. The Spurs are on a five-game win streak right now. Very quiet five-game win streak. Hasn't been talked about much. And we'll see what happens with this one because this will be the fourth game of the Spurs' seven-game road trip. Okay. So we'll see. You know, And they might be a little tired, but here's what I think is going to happen. I think the Spurs are going to spread out that Utah defense. I think they're going to camp LaMarcus Aldridge on that elbow, extended, have him drag Gobert out of the paint, open up some lanes for their guards to drive. Open up the driving lanes. And they're either going to leave Gobert in the paint to block those lanes, or they're going to leave LaMarcus open all night. And we've seen him go off for, what, 46 a couple weeks ago. 56, 56 against OKC. Sorry. Okay, see. Against OKC. Okay, we've seen him go. We, that man could put the ball in the hoop. He can score. 
We know this. And the, yeah, I mean, Utah doesn't match up very well with San Antonio in the first place, especially because Lamarcus Aldridge has to he drags Gobert out of the paint. Exactly. And then they have obviously one of the best slashers in basketball in Demar Derozan, yep. whose bread and butter is finishing at the rim. And when there's an open lane, look, don't help, don't play help side defense because you will get dunked on. Hands and down. And then I expect uh, the Spurs to put Utah in a pick and roll with Gobert. Make Gobert either commit to sinking back and going for the block shot or stepping up, and then you just go right by him. And if he wants to step back, just kick it back out to LaMarcus, hit a mid-range 18-foot jumper. I just don't see how the Jazz are going to be able to defend the Spurs offense and DeMar DeRozan. Who do they have that's going to guard DeMar DeRozan? They don't have anyone. Donovan Mitchell, Jay Crowder. I mean, it's just Jay Crowder's... I'm Jay sorry, but, okay, but I don't think I don't think the spider is as good of a defender as people give him credit for. I will say, but I will say, not to talk about my team too much, but what well, you were talking about the pick and roll, have it drag and go bear out on the perimeter. That's exactly what Boston did to my Thunder yesterday. Yeah. They just dragged Stephen Adams out there, and I thought Stephen Adams was put a more on, put it on an island. I thought Kyrie, he was, huh? yeah, I thought he was a more elite defender than what he showed. He was getting yeah. abused in the pick and roll, and that's, that's just, just what happens. When you that's get the, the big takes on these on the big perimeter. men, like these big men nowadays. You think they're hard to get around? They're slow on their feet. They're slow. Shuffling their feet on defense, you can mm-hmm. blow right past. It's him. rare if you can find a big man that can shuffle his feet and stay stay with the you know stay with these guards on the perimeter. It, Joel Embiid does an all right job, and Demarcus yeah. Cousins does an all right job, but yet they're not they're not as tall as Gobert and Stephen Adams. Like absolutely, Demarcus Cousins like six. That's why you see guys 11. like Draymond who are more effective because he's smaller and he can still block shots, but he can also stay with those guards on the perimeter. Yeah, and Draymond's like super broad, so he's a big body, super right, wide and stuff. Right. So. He's not like Gobert, who's pretty skinny. Embiid, who's like, he's buff, but he's not like as wide as Draymond is. Right. But yeah, so our well, picks of the litter. We will revisit these next week. Let's let's give him a recap over our picks of the litter. I got yeah. the Kings over the Spurs tonight in Sacktown. And then tomorrow night, I got the Grizzlies over the Timberwolves in Memphis. I got Charlotte going into Dallas and winning, and San Antonio going into Utah and winning. There you guys have it. There's That's our picks in the litter. That's going to wrap, wrap up our show. The show up now. We will revisit those picks next week. But thank you for tuning in on another episode of Mac and Miles. Join us next week. We'll have some more fresh content for you. Thank you so much for listening.